Good morning, everybody. Trying to get a good foot step in our step. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll start out with a song that's an old favorite, and it's also something that it's hard for children to do and adults alike. Trust and obey. Let's go ahead and stand with me. Let's sing together. Bye. 
good. And this trusting and obeying does not earn us any points. You realize that, right? He's done all the work. We trust and obey as a way to glorify him and express our love to him. Let's get that right. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for today's service. We know that you have plans for us, (coughs) plans to grow us, plans to conform us to the image of your son. We want to be like Jesus. That's a tall order. Jesus is perfect. He loves perfectly. He behaves perfectly, and we fall short every day. But God, be glorified today in every way in this service. Use all of us as your willing vessels to point people to Christ. We want this service to truly see lives changed. I pray that someone here today who doesn't yet know Jesus personally, one-on-one as Lord and Savior, would be born again and would see the greatest change they've ever seen, ever. Everything about this day belongs to you. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to Fellowship Baptist Church. I'm not sure if this is your first time or not, but whether it's your first or 5,000th time, welcome. You truly are welcome here. You belong here. You're going to sense the love of God here because God loves you with a love that does not change. And I'm so thankful for that. If you are our first-time guest with us today, we want to give you a special welcome. There is a welcome packet that is at the Welcome Center out there. If you didn't get one of those, we have a connection card in the pews right in front of you. At this church, we believe in the power of prayer. And we know that everyone needs prayer. And if you've come here today with a heavy burden, we sincerely want to pray for you. So if you take that connection card, put your name in your prayer request, I can assure you, that the pastors of this church will be praying for you. And you do not have to bear that burden alone. He gave us each other for a reason. We bear each other's burdens, but there's no burden bearer like him. So we're going to take that request to him. And also, if you fill out that connection card or that welcome packet, we want to get you a free gift. It's rather significant. It is free subscription to this huge treasure trove of encouraging videos with a service called Right Now Media. I'm talking thousands upon thousands of amazing videos that will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. We want to give it to you completely free. We pay for it so that you don't have to. So if you're a guest, just give us your email, your prayer request, turn that in, and we'll get the ball rolling on getting that free subscription to you. I do want to welcome a special person here today that I haven't seen in a while, and that's our brother Craig Sasser. Craig, do you mind giving us a little wave over there? There he is in the corner. If you haven't been here as long as John O'Neill, you might not know that Craig Sasser is a longtime former member. He hasn't been here in many years. His mother and father were very faithful. They passed away some number of years ago, and it's, it's been a while since he's been here. So we're glad that you're here today. I hope that you get exactly what you came for. Make sure that you get a chance to greet him and encourage him in the Lord. And at this time, we want to share with you a little bit about what's going on around Fellowship Baptist Church with our video announcements. This Friday night at 7 o'clock p.m., we're having a family movie night at church. We're going to be watching Overcomer by the same group that did Facing the Giants, Courageous, and so many other great films. This is going to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and it's just going to be a great night of fellowship. We want to see you there this Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. Each summer at Fellowship Baptist Church, we host a very exciting Vacation Bible School. 
VBS is designed to share the gospel with children and to disciple children who are already in relationship with Christ. We want everyone in the church to have some role in making this year's VBS a huge success. So next Sunday, right after the morning service, Stacy Wood is going to host an information meeting to tell you all about this program, to find out where you'd be good at serving and to get you plugged in. So please plan on coming to next Sunday's VBS meeting right after the morning service. Our missionary of the week is the Baltimore Rescue Mission. They provide food and shelter for homeless men and women as well as extended housing for battered women and children. Most importantly, they give out the gospel to everyone who comes in. The mission is now under new leadership as brother Chuck Bittner has retired and turned the leadership over to his son-in-law, George Jones. Please pray this week for the Baltimore Rescue Mission during this time of transition and for the homeless and needy people in Baltimore and in our own community. honest as I was sitting over there and did not hear the right music come on my I was panicking and I'm looking at my wife's eyes and I can tell she's looking puzzled like what what's that what's happening <laughs> very very special thank you guys so much for that sweet treat it is a blessing to celebrate another year how generous is our God that he let us see another day here I am 45 years old being used of him in ways that I never imagined it's because of his goodness that we have this moment together so praise him thank you
Guess how far we have to go to find that presence? He is right here. God is right here, and he deserves our praise. So would you please stand with us as we sing our next song? I want you to sing like you mean it. Sing with passion and praise for our great God. Just me on the 
is to be done. So let's go ahead to our last song and focus on the words and what a beautiful name it is. Amen. Maybe uh, Miss Lydia Conrad will be gracing us with special music today.
Thank you so much, Lydia. Caleb, is my microphone giving you trouble because I swapped it out, do you think? Yeah, do you want to give me that head, that piece? And I will just swap it out. Rosie, do you mind grabbing that thing from Caleb? I decided to wear a different face piece so that I didn't reshape pastors, but it's causing some issues. So I want to get that under control. That way it's not a distraction for the rest of the service. In the meantime, we've come to a very special part of our service. This is not a part to just wait through for the message. This is doing business with God. We are going to spend some time in prayer right now. And if you want to, you can come right on up, join me at the stairs, join me at the wall, wherever you feel comfortable. Sometimes people like to come forward just as a, a signal that they are doing business with God. So I invite you to come if you want to come for any reason as we pray about some needs in our church. I do want to share that the pastors are away right now, in case you haven't noticed. Pastor Chuck and Pastor Schneider are in Latin America. They are currently in the country of Chile. They're going to be visiting four churches today. Pastor will get to speak in one of those churches, which is very exciting. And the whole purpose for their trip is to meet the pastor that we are sponsoring in Trujillo, Peru. Very exciting that God is using our church to spread his good news 
all over the world. And he's letting us be a part of what he's doing in Peru. So we're going to pray for them as they continue on their exciting missions trip. And I have many others here that we'll be praying for as well. So please join me in prayer right now. Father, you are king eternal. Your presence is right here. We don't have to go to some temple to see you, to meet with you. You dwell in the hearts of your believers. And God, we are so thankful for that. We're thankful that in the midst of all of our trials, all of our fears, all of our concerns, you are right there. God, we know that Murky and Gerald Lund faced a serious trial this week as he had a major stroke. And you walked them through step by step. You got Murky to the hospital. You helped the doctors to find the right treatment to reverse the effects of that stroke. And God, you are worthy of all praise. He's not out of the woods. He's still in the hospital, God. But you are right there with him, caring for him, loving him, and seeing him through. And so we just commit Gerald to you, knowing that you have a purpose and a plan for his life. I also pray for Caleb Lund as he has a fever, which is an unfortunate thing to put on top of this. But God, you're right there. We know that. We pray for Joe Dillon. We're so thankful that he's back at his facility. We thank you, Lord, that you brought him through his stroke recovery. We pray that he would be strengthened in the days to come. Use him at the veteran's home for your purposes. He has the gospel to share with those other people. I pray that he would do that. We pray for Pastor Chuck's grandmother as she is suffering from serious dementia and Alzheimer's. I pray that her mind would be strong in these last days. I pray that she would cling to you above all else and that she would find her comfort in you. I pray for Caleb Jones's mother as she has recently had a heart attack and adding other issues with her kidneys as well. God, we know that you love her. And it's no, no fun for us here on earth to watch our loved ones go through these trials. But what a blessing to know that you're walking with her through it. So we pray for Caleb Jones's mom that you'd heal her and strengthen her. We pray for Katie's grandfather as he has been going through intensely serious health concerns up in Connecticut. We thank you that you are working things out for his good and that you are giving him just unbelievable strength. The doctors wanted to give up, but he said, no, I'm not ready. So I thank you, Father, that he's using his days to glorify you and to be a testament of your strength and your healing. We thank you for the way you're working in Joseph Franklin's life. This poor young boy has faced trial after trial after trial. Nothing has really been easy for him. But we know that's not a mistake. We know that some trial didn't catch you off guard and jump onto him. You allowed it. You allowed it for his good, for his development, for the encouragement of your saints who are surrounding him. And so we pray for Joseph that he would be strong while he's hospitalized, that his organs would reverse the rejection that they're seeing right now. You are able to do that, Father. We pray for Rebecca Morgan. They're out of town right now, but we know that her health is very precarious. Good days, bad days, good days, bad days. But you are on the throne, and we trust you for her healing. Thank you for the progress she's already made. We pray for Gregory Trowell, as I believe he's already had major surgery and is recovering now. If I have that fact wrong, you know it, Father, but I know it's coming if it hasn't already happened. And I pray that his recovery would be swift, would be complete, and that he would be drawn closer to you as a result of this. We thank you for T. Smith and John O'Neill and Terry Schneider and Harry Mosby and Ken Harriet, as all of these people have gone through major health problems and are here testifying of your goodness.
They give you glory, just as we do, that you preserved their life in the midst and in the face of great, great difficulty. God, continue to strengthen them. They are your children wanting to be used for your glory. We pray for the conflicts in, the, in Israel and Ukraine. God, we know that every single person on this planet is yours, created by you. You love them. You want them to be born again. And so, Father, we pray that this conflict in both of these locations would do just that, that it would point people to Christ, that it would cause them to want to cry out to you. God, I pray for the message now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come over me in a powerful way and guide every word that I say. I am a man with my own weaknesses and challenges, and I'm not here because I'm special. I'm here because you've called me to be here, and you've asked me to stand and deliver your word, and that's what I want to do, Father. You know my own issues, and I pray that those would not be present today, that they would just fade into the background as you allow me to be used of you. In Jesus Christ, holy name, I pray with power. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to switch now, Caleb, so I'll just keep talking to the pulpit. We love lists. Would you agree with me on that? Lists are fun. We like checking things off. I personally love lists. I have hundreds of things on my phone that I just really enjoy working through. It is such an exciting process to put it on the list and then to check it off. You've probably come up to me at some point in the past and said, hey, Christopher, uh, this week, would you at some point email me my giving statement? Or would you help me get back into Fellowship One Go? And you've probably seen what I do. I pull out my phone and I say, hey, Siri, remind me to do this. And then when I get to work on the following week, I do just that. I love lists. They're so much fun. They help you feel like you are productive. Raise your hand if you have a list with you today. Anyone? 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 It's either on your phone, it's in your purse. I'm the only one. Okay, that's fine. You just ruined my whole message. I thought for sure every hand would be up. Well, I have a very, very long list for you today, and it's inspired by the greatest commission ever commissioned. Read with me Matthew 28, 19. It says, Go ye therefore... And teach all nations, doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy, Holy Ghost. We know that verse very well, don't we? It inspires us. It inspires us to share the good news with not just those who look like us, not just those who make as much money as us, we are supposed to get the good news to every creature in all the world. But the next verse is what inspired this message for today. Sometimes we stop before we get to this verse. Verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. You see where my list is coming from, don't you? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We need to know what the Lord has commanded us so that we can command others to do the same. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? 
That's pretty key to this great commission that we have. If we're going to go out there and encourage others to follow the Lord, we need to know what Jesus himself said. Because if you open the Bible without some discipleship, you're going to come across books in the Bible full of thousands of rules. And you're going to think, whoa, do I have to do that? Do I have to do that? Do I have to do this? We, as believers, need to be equipped to disciple people and to show them what the Lord actually wants of us in this day and age. Now, let me be extremely clear up front. The list I'm going to share with you today is not, and I repeat, is not about how to be saved. Okay, it's, it's completely different. I'm going to give you the list of Jesus' commandments for those who follow Christ. As a matter of fact, before I get to my list of all the things that Jesus has commanded us, I do want to share with you the list of how to be saved. It's, I had to print it on very large paper. Rosie, could you come up here and help me with this? It's really important that I get this list right, because if you're not born again, this whole list of commands to follow is not going to make much sense. Here's the list about how to be saved, though. Here you go. Let's get this done. Let's believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says you need to do if you want to be born again. This is not complicated. And you might be thinking, oh, but what about repentance? What about asking for forgiveness? What about turning from your sin? Listen, all of that is really encapsulated in this one word. This word believe, thank you so much, is a very special word. It's not just believe like some children believe in the tooth fairy. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about believing in the God of the universe who sent his son Jesus so that you can be completely transformed from the inside out. You are born again if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ the way the Bible talks about believing the Lord Jesus Christ. If you truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will repent of your sin. So let's get to our list. Let's talk about what Jesus has commanded us. Guess how many there are? Approximately 50. I hope you've got your pens and paper ready. These commands are something that I want you to cherish and something to enjoy. These commands are coming straight to you from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I'm excited. Let's dive in. The first one we see spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ himself is in Matthew 4, 17. He says, repent. Repent. From the time that Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did you know that we all start our lives living in sin? That's how we come out of our mothers as sinners. That's all we know. We are born in darkness and we have the devil as our father and we don't even realize it. We don't realize it until we receive the good news that Jesus saves. And if you accept that, not just as fact, not just as information, but as something that is truly transforming you, then something very, very special happens. What is that? That's his next command that I want to share with you. He wants you and all people to be born again. John 3, 7 says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. These profound spiritual truths can be hard to grasp. You know, how do you explain to someone what, what happens to them in their spirit 
when they become a believer. It's really hard to explain, but Jesus uses a very profound picture of a human birth to help us understand. Because you realize that once you're born, everything changes for you. Would you agree with that? You know, you were in the womb, but now you are born. Now you can start to become self-sufficient. Everything is different from that moment forward. The moment that you become born again spiritually, everything is different. Next command from Jesus, enter in through the narrow gate. Matthew 7, 13. He says it plainly here. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. What is that narrow gate? You know, a better question is, who is that narrow gate? The narrow gate is Jesus. And the world will tell you that there are so many options to find spiritual fulfillment. That is a lie. It is so narrow that you might miss it had you not been exposed to this by some believer who came to you and said, I have the best news you're ever going to hear. And that is that Jesus Christ has paid the price for your sins. You're like, I don't have a sin problem. You do. That's more of the good news. You do have a sin problem, but there's a solution already waiting for you. Enter in at the wide, at the narrow gate, excuse me. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to find enlightenment through some crazy spiritual idea. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His next command, I love this one. Take the yoke of Jesus on you and learn of him. I should put it in first person. Take the yoke of Jesus, take my yoke upon you. That's what he says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is not a taskmaster. He's not someone who comes to you and says, great, now that you're born again, let me make your life as difficult as possible. That's what religious people do. That's not what Jesus does. The Pharisees loved to mount up long lists for the people who followed them. Great, now that you're following me, now that you're my disciple, let me tell you, do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And the list kept growing. They would make up more rules by the day. But that's not our Lord Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know why it's so light? It's so light because all of these commands that he's asking us to do, he is the one who empowers us to do them. He doesn't expect us to do any of these things in our own strength. If he did, we would all fail day after day. But he's empowering us. Let's let him be the one whose yoke is on us. Don't be yoked with the world. Next, I've always loved this one. Deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow him. Luke 9.23 says it plainly. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny his, himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life will lose it, or shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. It's a profound spiritual mystery. You gain life by losing your own. 
Because what you thought was life before Jesus is no life at all. But when Christ is your Lord and he is your Savior, you are going to find life everlasting, life more abundantly. Go to Matthew 23, 37. We're going to see that we are supposed to do this next command. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. You guys know what this is called, don't you? Say it out loud. What is this often called? The great commandment. This one is what he says is the first and most important summary of all the law and the prophets. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength, and on and on it goes. He's got to be first. He has to be the one who is influencing your mind, influencing your heart. He's your everything. If there's anything on this earth that you love more than him, that you want to command more than him, you're missing the point here. All the commands that we're going to talk about today can be tied back to this one, loving the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And the second one is very similar, but he helps us to go not just upward, but outward. It says, love your neighbor as yourself in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Luke ten thirty-seven has a little follow-up because he sums up the story of the Good Samaritan. People are trying to trap Jesus all the time. Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees. While Jesus is on earth, they want to trip him up and get him to say something absurd. And so when Jesus is talking about loving your neighbor... He tells this great parable of the Good Samaritan. What happens in that parable, you might ask? Someone gets beaten up and robbed. And he's by the street side. And he's there suffering. He's, his clothes are tattered. His money's been taken. He's in a really bad way. And some highfalutin religious people come by. And do they help him? No. Some great rulers come by. Do they help him? No. A Samaritan comes by. Who are the Samaritans? People that were despised. They were not purebred Jews. They were half-Jews. The Jews did not like that at all, let me tell you. They kept them at a far distance. But this Samaritan comes by, and he helps the man who's been torn, tattered, and beaten. And Jesus says, you want to know who your neighbor is? Look at what this Samaritan did. Be like that Samaritan. That man is the Samaritan's neighbor. Has the Samaritan ever met that man before? Probably not. But he helped him when he passed him by along the way because he saw that he had a need. We should be like that. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Be like that Samaritan. He also tells us to treat others as you want to be treated. This is slightly different than love others as yourself, but it's very, very similar. Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. At near the end of Jesus' ministry, after he had done the Last Supper, he had washed the disciples' feet, he takes this idea of loving others even a step further. It's not just about loving others as you want to be loved. Guess what he says next? Look at John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. It's not just about loving people like you think they should be loved. Now we want to be loving people like Jesus loved us. Jesus loves us completely. He loves us selflessly. He loves us to the death 
He loves us to the life. We should love people just like that. Imagine Jesus walking on this earth. Can you see all those scenes in your mind? All the miracles, all the healings, all the love that he expressed to sinners who were desperately in need of a savior. That kind of love is the kind of love that we should take and pour out to others, just like Jesus loved people. It's a tall order, isn't it? I don't do so great at that. You're going to do better at that if you follow the next command. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me. This is the command. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Where do all those branches on grapevines get their power? It's not from themselves. The, the grape does not make itself. All of its energy and nutrients comes from the main vine. That main vine, folks, is Jesus Christ, and we are supposed to abide in him. If I plug into that main vine every day, every night, every moment, then Jesus' power has the ability to flow through me and flow out to the world around me. But as soon as I choose not to abide in him, I'm really just saying, I don't need your help, God. I can do life in my own strength and in my own power. Nothing could be further from the truth. You need to abide in him so that you can act like him, so that you can love like him. None of these commands can be done if you are not abiding in him. So stay closely connected to Jesus. Matthew 5.16 tells us this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You've got a message to share. The truth is in you. You have been transformed by the power of the gospel. It should not be a secret. Your friends should know it. Your coworkers should know it. Your family should know it. Let your light so shine before men. What point is there in lighting a candle and then covering it with a basket? That would be absurd. What point is there for you in being the greatest light this world could ever see because they're seeing Jesus in you if you keep it a secret? Don't keep it a secret. Find ways of letting your light so shine before men. Next, this is going to be your favorite of the day, I'm sure. Rejoice in persecution. I knew you'd love that one. Yeah, it's a command though. In Matthew 5, 11, it says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. What's another word for revile, everyone? Hate. hate. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. And here's the command. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. You're going to get persecution, folks. It's going to happen. People don't like to hear the truth. They don't like you talking about Jesus. And if you do, they could make fun of you. They could isolate you or worse. In America, we don't really face that much physical persecution, but persecution is still there. So Jesus' command is rejoice and be glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. This is a long string of persecution. You are just one part of the puzzle. If the prophets were persecuted, if Jesus was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted as well. And the key is to rejoice when it happens. Don't fret. Don't shrink away. Rejoice. At the end of our service, we're going to have a chance to give to the Lord. We have our 
offerings done at the back doors. You can just drop your offering in there. But you know, there's a command that has to do with our giving that is an important one to remember. If, right as you're about to give your gift to the Lord, you remember that some brother has been offended by something that you did, don't even bother giving that gift. Just stop where you are, go to your brother, and get it reconciled so that you can then give that gift with a pure heart. You know, Jesus desires what rather than sacrifice? Obedience, sure, also mercy. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. If someone's got something against you because you've hurt them, you need to make that right before you go sacrificing to God because your sacrifice is not what he wants. He wants your mercy, your love, your dedication. Next, let's go to Matthew 5.36. Neither shall ye swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. If you have to make a big show of your word, oh, no, 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 tomorrow I swear I'll be there. I know I've let you down 50 times in the past, but tomorrow I swear. I swear by the hairs on my head. Jesus is saying, come on. If your word is good, simply say you'll be there. Just say yes. Just say no. Don't make a big show. Don't swear. You're actually making it worse for yourself when you don't come through, and you're reflecting poorly on him. Let's go to Matthew 5, 28. These verses are powerful, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit, they are easily misunderstood. He says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. I know that this is bad news for some of you, that it's not just about actions, but it's about what's going on in your heart. But it gets worse, because look what he says to do next. And if thy right eye offend thee, Pluck it out. Why don't I see more half-eyed people in here? I mean, all of you seem to have two eyes. Forgive me if you don't. I still love you. But the point is this. Jesus doesn't want a lot of blind people walking around. What is he saying? Be aggressive in eliminating from your life whatever it is that is causing you to get caught up in sin. Causing you to be pulled away from your affection for him, your desire for him, your love for him. He takes it a step further. Maybe lusting didn't reach out to you. Oh, that's no problem. If thy right hand offend thee, if your hand is causing you to get involved in something sinful, just go right ahead and cut it off. A lot of two-handed people here today. (laughs) Yeah, he's not talking about your body. He's talking about ruthlessly eliminating things from your life that would cause you to be pulled away from him. Next, we see resist not an evil person. You know that old saying in the Old Testament, eye for eye and tooth for tooth? People took that way too far. He was trying to give them guidelines for how to hold court, how to make wise judgment. But the people thought, oh, you do me wrong, I'll do you wrong right back. That's not God. That's not how he operates. We do God wrong all the time. Does he give it right back to us every time? No. Why? Because he's merciful. And he's gracious. So we need to resist not an evil person. What, in what way might an evil person interact with us? Well, they could take us to court and sue us for $5,000. Let's say that person's not a believer and you are. What could you do? Hey, listen, I'm so sorry for any trouble this court, has, uh, this court case has caused you. Certainly, here's the $5,000 judgment that the court has given you. And you know what? Here's $5,000 more for the suffering that this situation has caused you. 
What? Who does that? Who goes the extra mile like that? The people of Jesus are supposed to go the extra mile like that. Is that radical? Does that blow your mind? Absolutely. And it's supposed to. Jesus is radical. Following Christ is radical. Someone says to you, hey, come, carry my stuff for me. I'm trying to get to this next town over here. I want you to carry it. And you're in a place of submission to them? Yeah, carry the bag. And then you get to the place where they said they want you to stop. You say, you know what? I'm enjoying our conversation. Let's keep going. I'll I'll go with you another mile. That's what he said. Because the Romans were forcing the Jews to carry their bags. And Jesus said, don't just go the distance they're forcing you to go. Go further. So resist not an evil person. This can come into play in our modern day life, can it? Next, in Matthew 5, 44, we see love, bless, do good to, and pray for your enemies. Oh, Jesus, why? Why do I have to do good to my enemies? We were once enemies to him. And while we were enemies, while we were yet in our sin, Christ died for us. Matthew 5, says, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. A little bit further along in the verse, it says you do these things so that you can have a heavenly reward. That's kind of a little bit outside of our box of thinking sometimes. We don't often think, oh, I'm going to do this to receive a reward. It's totally fine to do that for spiritual rewards, not for earthly rewards. Don't go around trying to get more money, more acclaim, more fame for yourself, but seek heavenly reward. Matthew 5.48 gives us a command that you're going to probably be gobsmacked at. It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Don't panic. I know none of you are perfect. I know no one in here measures up to the holiness of God except maybe my wife. Okay, no, none of us. We all fall short of the glory of God. So what is he saying here? He's saying, aim in this direction. So many times we think the Christian life is, oh, don't do that, don't do that. I mean, that's part of it, but that's such a small part. The best part is, aim for the holiness of God. And as you are striving in his direction of holiness and perfection and completeness, you won't have time for these other things that pull at you. Amen is right. Yeah, have the focus on being like God, being like Jesus, and all these other sins that pull at you, they will go away. Matthew 6.1, in this section of scripture, he commands us to give and pray secretly and not for the accolades of men. In common religious systems or religious systems that are worldly or ruled by Satan, it's very natural to want to pray to be seen by men. It's natural to want to do your good deeds or your giving to be seen by men. I want brownie points. I want you to say, good job for that gift. I saw you take care of that widow. If you are doing your gifts and your praying and your all kind of other things in a way that is designed specifically to be seen by men, you're missing the point. You're really revealing that your relationship with God is not very vibrant. Why do I say that? Because he is the only one who sees you in secret. If you don't do it in secret, why are you doing it in public? Is it because perhaps you don't really believe that he even exists? That he's not really watching? That you need men to see what you do? Do your good deeds in secret. You're giving. You're praying. You're fasting. 
I'm going to skip this next one. I kind of built it in. We should fast secretly. We should also pray according to the model that Jesus gives us. You've heard of the Lord's Prayer, right? The Lord's Prayer was not given to us to be some ritual that we partake in. He gave us the Lord's Prayer as the perfect model for how to pray. If Jesus Christ himself wants to teach you how to pray, do you want to listen? Do you want to take time and absorb his outline? Oh, I see what you're doing here. You're taking time to, first of all, pause and adore the Father, which is in heaven. You're giving him great reverence by pointing out that not only is he your Father, he's very personal to you, but he's also in heaven, high above anything you can imagine. And it goes on and on. The Lord's Prayer is a beautiful picture of how we're to pray, and he wants us to pray in that similar manner. He wants us also to lay up treasure in heaven. This is a good place to put treasure. Why? Because what happens to your treasure on earth? Well, according to the scriptures, moths get to it. Rust gets to it. Thieves get to it. Everything you think is valuable in this world can be destroyed by physical forces here on earth. But everything that you do that lays up treasure in heaven is never going to perish. It's going to last forever. So your focus should not be on more money, money, money. Your focus should be, what can I do for Christ that will actually last for eternity? If you don't know what those things are, that's a great opportunity for a Bible study. Go through the scriptures and seek, what is it that the Father wants me to do that will lay up treasure in heaven? He also tells us to take no thought for your life. That seems harsh, but it's not. Because if you think this life is all about your life, you've completely missed the mark. Your life is not about your life. Your life is about him living through you. That's why he asks us to die to ourselves every single day. Because if we don't, we're going to take a lot of thought for our life. What we're going to eat what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear tomorrow. Is our house big enough to meet our family's needs? And on and on the worries go. This is not where our thoughts are supposed to be. He tells us in our next command to seek first his kingdom. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He is not asking you to be destitute in the street, lying there like our friend was before. He's not asking you to be completely miserable, ripped open, having no food, no water, no clothes. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, stop focusing on that and let me take care of your needs. When you let me, your heavenly father, take care of your needs, I'm going to take care of you in ways that far surpass your ability to do so. Just trust me. Have faith. Let me take care of your needs. Next, don't worry about tomorrow. How many of you have already broke that commandment today? <laughs> Tomorrow's coming, yes, but tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. We do not have to worry about tomorrow. I'm saving for retirement, but not because I'm worried about what my life at 69 might look like. I'm saving for retirement because that also lines up with principles in the Bible. But you can prepare for tomorrow without worrying about it. He says don't worry about tomorrow. Let him handle it. Judge yourself first before judging others. The world loves this Bible verse. 
Matthew 7, 1 says, judge not that ye be not judged. Close the Bible, pack it up, let's hit the road. That's all I needed to hear. Judge not lest ye be judged. No, there's more to that story. There's more to that story because when we judge according to God's judgment, we can actually be a blessing to someone. You know, if you judge in the power of your flesh, I can almost guarantee you that you're going to go to them and cause damage to their spirit. But if you go to them according to how Jesus wants you to go to them, you are not going to cause them damage. You are going to open their eyes to spiritual needs that they didn't even realize they had. At the very end of this teaching on judge not, it says, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou, shall thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So you see, this whole teaching on judging ends with the very command to judge. But you only do it once you've taken spiritual inventory of yourself. Judging can be an extremely loving thing to do when it's done Christ's way. Don't cast your pearls before swine. I don't know if that verse seems like a, a mystery to you, but let me just make it very clear. People who are not born of spirit do not understand spiritual things. And so the only message that they can receive is the message of Jesus saves. Believe on him and you shall be saved. That they can get. But until they have been born again, if I were to share these other commands with them, to them it's just like Charlie Brown's teachers. Wah, 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 wah. You are casting treasured things from the word before people who do not have the spirit to discern it. So hold on to these treasured truths. Share them once they're walking in the spirit. This next truth would be very hard for a person who's not born again to understand. Ask, seek, knock. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. This is just full of promises. When you do asking and seeking and knocking, God hears, God responds, and God takes action. If you feel far from God, ask him to help you get close, and he will do just that. You feel like you're on the outside of God's family? Knock, and he will open the door. He is so gracious, so generous. That time clock, however, is not on my side today. I guess it was a little ambitious to try to get through 50 commands. Let me just speed up a touch and share these commands, because I want to get through the list. Pray for God to send forth more laborers into the harvest. He said this specifically to his disciples, but I believe the command still stands today because the harvest is still plentiful. There are people in our world who have not heard the gospel. And if we don't physically go to Peru, what does he want us to do? Pray that he would send laborers to Peru. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He also tells us to watch out for false prophets. This is a command. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. This place right here is not immune from false teachers. Prayerfully and by God's amazing grace, I can't think of a false teacher who has pranced across this pulpit. But if it ever happened, 
We need to be aware and be on guard and take spiritual decisive action to make sure that that false prophet is not permitted to spew their lies. We need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's what Jesus told his disciples as they were going out. We're not in a physical fight, you guys. We don't have to go out there and punch someone because they don't accept the gospel. Do you hear me? We need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We're dealing with a spiritual battle here. We need to fear God rather than men. What does it mean to fear God? Have a profound and deep and abiding respect for him. We should despise not the little children. I praise God that we have a children's ministry here that is powerful, vibrant. We care about children. Matthew 8.10 tells us this principle. Despise not one of these little ones. Next, we should forgive without keeping track. Matthew 18.22 says, until 70 times 7, you shall forgive someone who sins against you. Jesus wasn't trying to literally give you a number. I know I said I like lists, but I can promise you this. I don't have a list on my phone keeping track of how many times you've offended me. I'm going to keep, a, a keep forgiving over and over because that's a picture of what God does. We need to resolve conflict with fellow Christians properly according to his principles in Matthew 18. Go to people privately then bring a small number of people with you. We need to watch out for the Lord's return. He's coming back. And he wants us to be alert and awake even now, watching for him to come. We should not become sleepy. We should guard against covetousness. We should be generous toward those who can't repay you. He says, if you're going to throw a feast, don't just throw it for those who are rich. They're going to pay you back someday. There's no reward there. If you're going to throw a feast, throw it for those who are poor and needy and who can't repay. We should humble ourselves to serve if we want to be great. We should honor our father and, month, uh, father and mother. We should have faith in God. We should pay our taxes and obey civil authorities. We should partake of the Lord's Supper until he comes. We should work all things out with our adversaries quickly. We should not oppose other Christian groups. If they're not against us, they're for us. God's got it. Let's just worry about us. Share the truth. Be merciful like our Father is merciful and honor marriage. And then finally, it all starts over again. Share the good news with everyone and teach them to follow the commands of Christ. You want to know what those are? Let's start at the top again. I'll read them all one more time. Just kidding, we're done. That was hard to get through in my allotted time. I'm sorry if it bored you at the end. But listen, these are the commands of Christ. These are the desires that he has for you to live out. Why? So that you could be saved? No. So that you can glorify him so that you can be closer to him, so that your relationship can be vibrant and on fire with him. He's a good God, and he wants good things for you, and he wants good things from you. And as you move about this earth following these commands, he will reward you for those things. I hope it was a blessing to hear what our Lord wants of us in these days as we await his return. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for using me to share your word. Your word is alive and has meaning and power in our lives today. And although I had to speed up at the end, I know that the heart of your word was still presented and still powerful. And I pray that we would surrender in every single way possible to you. Help us to get out of the way, to die to ourselves daily, to follow you. Help us to be a light in this world. There are people that you have created 
who are dying and going to hell. Partially because they haven't heard the truth, partially because they've rejected. But Father, use us to shine a light for them, to highlight the verses that will speak to their heart and show them their need of a Savior. I know there are people here with burdens today, people who are heartbroken, people who are stressed, and I know that you care about all of those burdens, and I pray that in today's invitation, you would lift us, encourage us, inspire us to act in spite of ourselves, and to be led by your Holy Spirit. Bless us as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen. So maybe you are here, and this message struck a chord. Maybe you felt quite far from God. Maybe you have never truly become born again. That is a one-time thing. Just like your physical birth. You can't be born again physically over and over. But you can be born again spiritually one time. And when you are, everything changes. You become a new creature. All things that were old, part of your old way of doing things, those fade into the distance. You become made new. And his word transforms you. If you want to know more about following Christ, more about how to be saved, how to be born again, please come talk to one of these very sweet, kind people. They have a passion and a desire to share the truth with you. That's why they're here. Don't let this long line of people overwhelm you. They're here to reach out to you, to hold your hand, to pray with you, whatever the burden is that you're bearing. Come forward as we sing to do business with God. He wants to do business with you because he loves you. Let's sing now. join this church family. We are a loving church family, and we like to be closely related to everyone who is born again and wants a family. So if you're looking for a church home, this could be the place that God has brought you to. If that's you, come on down as we sing this next verse. Christ. 
for joining us today. It's been a blessing to be together. Brother Al, would you mind grabbing this microphone here and closing us in a word of prayer? I hope you have a wonderful week empowered by the Holy Spirit. Go and be a blessing. Follow his commands, not to earn points with him, but to glorify him. He truly loves you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, Brother Al. Heavenly Father, we give you all the grace, all the honor, and all the glory. We just thank you for being so good to us. Father, we just want to do your business. We want to do your will. I pray, Father, that you would give us a heart. Help us to love like Jesus. Help us to share your word with everyone we meet, Father. They need your word. They need you. Bless us, Father, and help us to be a blessing to those we, we come encounter every day. We love you and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.